Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. Your Sunday night. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about all the virtual racing, the eye racing, virtual racing, esports, whatever you want to call it. Formula One had their virtual series. IndyCar had their eye racing. Jonathan did the Trans Am E series. All kinds of and uh had a big one too yeah that's right there was a bunch of e-racing going on whatever you want to call it so yeah this john massengill this les kaiser jonathan green we're in our houses in austin texas doing some social distancing and we are excited because we've got uh, we got a guest tonight too we got a guest coming on in just a moment here we got kevin buckler he's the ceo of the racers group and the adobe winery we're going to talk a little racing a little wine with him but uh, in fact, let's see, producer, do we have Mr. Buckler on the line? All right, well, All we're right. gonna go straight to it. Jonathan, why don't you introduce your friend? Yes, Kevin's been around uh, racing for ever and a day, a bit like myself, um, but we met at the Circuit of the Americas when he was running Aston Martins. Uh, I was the sole sort of uh, American uh, Aston Martin racing group, uh, but he's, he's done it all. He's raced himself, he's won Daytona and his group, continues to have top class drivers including uh spencer pompelli um and back last time i saw kevin was at uh, the sonoma speed fest and he was racing there again in his um rolex winning car so that was good to see and of course as always he was sharing his good wine with us and i've got him on tonight because i want to talk racing and he's just as fed up as all of us but he's he's found some inventive ways to keep going and more importantly, virtual wine tasting. That's what's coming. Kevin, are you there? I'm right here, guys. How you doing? Good. Good to see you. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you. Welcome back. Thank you, guys. How's Thanks life for having me on. You, you, on. you know, today was a beautiful day out here. I actually got a chance to, uh, we live in a little waterfront development, so I got out and did a little water skiing this morning, get some exercise. Oh, but. Uh, mostly nice. always a Sunday is a big work day for us because we've been trying, like you said, trying to make sure not only stay, survive and stay relevant. But, um, you know, I, I think it's kind of it, it's kind of funny because, uh, you know, jumping over to the wine business hardcore here a few years ago and just getting uh, getting everything finished off, getting our project ready to start building. But then the launch of the new racing series. I think 27 years of motorsports, you know, it was good training to try to be able to run the team over here on the wine side. And we really having to, you know, find ways to, like I said, reinvent ourselves, but also, you know, I'm not a big one for crying on the couch. And, uh, you know, I, I laughingly say in, in the wine world, there can be a lot of blah, 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 but I live by a stopwatch for all those years. So we kind of got to be on point. And, uh, you know, I, I tell the team every day, I said, guys, if, if we try hard, we can come out of this thing and gain some market share. And that's our goal, you know, digital, digital superiority because uh, that's digital is where it's at right now. Interesting. Go ahead, John. I, I was just going to say, well, why don't we talk about, I mean, you've got an amazing race history, first of all. I mean, your, your resume in racing is incredible with uh, all the way back from uh, Daytona, the Rolex 24, multiple wins there, four wins. I mean, you've got a, an incredible history, Kevin. Yeah, thank you. Most amount of humility and all that. We were in the moment. Uh, actually, lately, the last couple of years, going and doing some of the wonderful events we've been able to participate in and pushing the winery forward. 
Um, I kind of feel like we're on a Rolling Stones retro tour. I think in the in the midst of it, we didn't really realize what we were doing. But, you know, we finally came out swinging after 10 years of, uh, of kind of learning the ropes. You know, in 2002 was the big breakout year. You know, I was our lead and we came down there with a small independent team to Daytona. Uh, we knew what to do. We've been without our butt whooped for seven straight years. <laughs> and uh, but it was always because of, you know, putting the team together with finances and I think I think we knew what to do that year was great had a great lineup we won the race and then a few weeks later got accepted to that little race uh, I get I used to open the the envelope and it would say was congratulations and I was like oh my god we got accepted Loma and my very practical wife says that's great honey how are we going to pay for it and uh, we literally <laughs> did not even have so the money wow. to go but I had so many cool friends in the in the you know, Porsche club at the time. And they're like, you are going no matter what we will, how much does a wing cost? And so before crowdfunding, we got ourselves over there and got to, uh, you know, got to Lamar that year. And what an amazing opportunity. Although everything was so hard because we didn't speak the language. We didn't have any money. We stayed in the worst hotel, smelled like stinky cheese all the time. And then when the checkered flag dropped, we won the race and it was just a shocker to everybody. And so that was, you know, a great start for us. And then I continued on. Well, I got to ask you, what do you think about all of the way these, all the racers from formula one with their virtual series and IndyCar and NASCAR doing I racing and, you know, like Jonathan trans am everybody, all the biggest series on the planet are all doing this. What do you think about the way everybody's reacted to this? You know, I'm torn, guys, and I don't want to come out, you know, saying anything I shouldn't say, but I think like everybody inside of you, it was like the first time I was in Miami for the very first E-race, uh, and uh, I, I was, you know, down there, we're on a boat, there was so much hype, and everything was wonderful, and the announcer was talking like the Mexican soccer guy, and then it's like, here's the start of the race, and it's like, okay, <laughs> what happened? Where's the sound, man? So with all of this stuff, I do realize that this is the new space. And I will tell you, it wouldn't be nearly as even a debate if the freaking technology wasn't so good. I mean, I watched the Indy race of God. Uh, you know, I love I love the guys. I love Diffie and all those guys. But watching the, the technology was so good and seeing the guys participating. You know, at the end, they say, yeah, I won the race. I wish I'd won the real one. But hey, number one, it's keeping us relevant and keeping us in racing, keeping our eyes tuned towards that sport. And I guarantee this little period of time will, will increase all the technical side of things. But I think like everybody, we want to get back to the track. Yeah, I was watching Indy and they were showing clips from Simon Pagino winning last year. And I was missing it so bad. You know, it has been fun and I've enjoyed this and it's, and I and but obviously we wanted to get back to normal. I, I think my favorite part of all of this has been watching the behind the scenes with the drivers themselves, all their twitch. I don't, I won't watch yeah. a, an IndyCar race or whatever without the twitch feed going at the same time because I love the way they're trash talking and everything else. That part's been kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. The one guy quit in the middle of the race. The other guy had his daughter unplugged from the, the TV. I thought yeah. it was all pretty interesting things we don't normally see in real racing, but um, at the same token, again. I mean, taking, uh, I always say, just say proverbial, making a little chicken salad out of chicken, you know what, and uh, here we are, uh, you know, on a Saturday or a Sunday, still got our eyes glued to the TV or to your screen. And uh, again, I think that big hats off to the technology, how well it's come along. I was never a big fan. We, like, Lamar was the first time in 2002 that I ever used any type of, uh, you know, simulator. It was so archaic back then that, you know, I was just trying to learn where the, you know, on the on the Molson straight where the Chinese restaurant was and know where my breakpoints were. But now it's like unbelievable. So they're dialing in suspension and stuff. And I love hearing the announcers. They're so into it. They're so professional. And uh, but I'm ready to get back. I know we're talking about um, hoping the SRO uh, first race for us is back at VIR in June. So far, fingers crossed, it's still on the calendar. So we hope we're going to be there. Kevin, are any of your drivers participating in any of the esports racing? Oh, uh, they are. You know, uh, both Derek DeBoer um, are my my friend and, and co-driver and pro-driver up in Oregon is on uh, his simulator all the time. And of course, Spencer Pompelli, who you mentioned, 
Um, Dustin Spencer's funny because he is one of the you know baddest ass GT pilots on the planet, but does not have a sim at home, so uh, it's a little bit of a disadvantage. My wife the other day was you know say to keep to like to keep us busy. We're still super busy, and I said I am not going to get into that unless I could commit to it because it's like saying I'm going to go jump back in the pro circuit you know you better be all in or you're just going to get waxed so um i will watch from the sideline on this one but uh, yes a couple of our drivers are in our um uh, our you know our, our new guy and friend craig lyons down in uh, southern california he's been step- sticking his toe in the water too along with his coach robert orcutt kevin i gotta ask you you've got your finger on the pulse pretty much of north american racing um how do you see our return and what will be the pitfalls? We hear that uh, NASCAR are trying to come back in May. They opened Utah yesterday, the uh, the, the, the kart circuit at Utah um, with social distancing. And that's not a very busy track, but they've opened it up for track rentals and so on. Um, how do you see yep. the rollout and who do you think could suffer? Yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, I, it's funny because like my job is to navigate steer the ship and i'm usually pretty good about seeing that stuff and got a great team with me that helps with all the ops and it's one of the first times ever these last few weeks that i've almost been a little fuzzy about what do i think is really going to happen and i'm actually a little more stars you know set now you know we see how hard the public in general is pushing forward to get back out there and, and, and do things even at risk and, and i think that's a you know risk reward scenario I think that the um, from the sports car side, for sure, I can say that these races will start to happen. They'll start to happen with probably no fans. Uh, they will uh, do our best within the paddock that everyone will practice their social distancing. But I think the main thing is getting it back on the track, getting the television coverage, getting the audio coverage, whatever we're going to do. And then maybe one by one by one, they start. They might start allowing fans to the event. Even if the days, you know, the days of NASCAR when they used to put little paint markers on the seats or remove some stands, now they might make people sit every other seat or you know, limit certain sections of the grandstands. I mean, we were in the middle of practice uh, at St. Petersburg on Friday, uh, that March uh, day when uh, we were called Black Flag and I thought someone had crashed and they said, nope, uh, the race is canceled. I'm like, what? 160 teams from IndyCar to sports car, 3,000 staff. I just felt really bad. I remember the turkey leg vendor lady, you know, she puts her whole year into that. She's got a freezer behind her with all the turkey legs and her people are ready to go. And there's like, nope, you got to get out of here in the next four hours. Uh, I think we're going to come back. I think we're going to start coming back hopefully in June. And I think they'll start feathering things in because everybody wants to get back to business. Kevin, I was asked this week by one of the listeners about, you know, it's one thing to put on a race with no spectators or limited spectators. But there's a lot of logistics for you as a team owner to make happen in getting your teams there. Uh, you know, how are you going to get the teams there? Are you going to, you know, still put them on an airline? Are you going to put everybody in a bus and go together? Uh, yeah. What are your preliminary thoughts around that? Yeah, thanks. Uh, and I do have some. You know, we have been uh, selectively having some people have to fly within our organization. And uh, we've been really careful about trying to keep people, you know, A, on nonstops, B, find low capacity, low load flights. And now that I see the airlines are finally doing what I think makes all sorts of sense is if you're going to be in a plane in close quarters, guys, you're going to have to wear a mask until we figure out what the heck's going on. I'm all for that. So I would, we would put our guys on the flight. I like to be the first one to say, I will not put anybody on the team in a position that I would not do. And so would I fly on that flight? The answer is yes. Would I try to avoid the Atlanta Hartsfield airport? Yes, if possible. But if you did make the change quick, um, I would give everybody, we, we had our little supply done for the team where everyone has their mask or their sanitizer or whatever, and try to, you know, tell them you guys be careful and just give you know heads up situational awareness for sure on the travel side. And then you're right. I mean, for those people that don't know, for the listeners who love watching uh, and the, your, your viewers who love watching uh, racing, the behind the scenes logistics, not only from the individual teams, uh, especially if you're running multiple cars and the drivers and their, for their group, but the, you know, the track itself, logistics are incredible around racing. I love logistics. I love the complexity of it. But yeah, getting one big, massive 53-foot semi packed full to the brim with wheels, tires, carts, tools, and pit boxes, and two cars upstairs, uh, 2,900 miles to VIR to unload and have every one of the crew guys show up at exactly 8 a.m. on Wednesday morning, that's logistics. And we've been doing it for 27 years. <laughs>
Well, hey, I want to talk wine because uh, I yes. was expect I was expecting some wine Woo-hoo. to hit my doorstep today, so we could do a virtual wine tasting. Tell us how that works. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'll be glad to send it off, guys. Uh, as soon as we're done, <laughs> give me some addresses. No, you know, when I leaned in so hard, seeing where we were going and having a chance that you know we've never people don't usually get. The wine business is big, and if you can get past the point of where you're not, you know, you know, you know the old joke. I didn't make a small fortune in. Well, the funny is the only two things I've ever heard that used for is either in racing or in the wine business. I'm like, wait, I'm the idiot in both of these things. So uh, <laughs> we've had to figure out how to make it work. And uh, but there's a there's a there's a big end game uh, on the wine side, not just financially, but oh my gosh, when we take our wonderful world of motorsports and of all the you know Jonathan we met and the high end stuff we were doing around that other brand and, you know, at an event, at a big dealership, you know, doing a wine dinner or doing, and that network of people that come to the race and they're your VIP guests, your sponsors, they sit on the pit box and have just a wonderful time. And then you got this world over here spinning of the winery and wine dinners and entertainment. And as those two circles start to combine, it was like a big aha moment for me going, you know what, we got, we got a tiger by the tail here. So let's, let's make sure we, we activate around this, and we did. And we not only um, got our project approved in Petaluma, which we're building and starting here next month, um, but uh, launch. You know, Adobe Road's been going for 17 years, but the launch of our new brand called the Racing Series. And oh my gosh, we actually—I knew it was going to be good, but we underestimated what was going to happen. We made four California red blends. First and foremost, super high quality. Again, like I joked, living by the stopwatch. We're not going to put something together where they're going to say, oh, you know, great, great story, but the wines weren't so good. Uh, The wines were excellent, got great scores in them. We worked really hard on the different styles of the blends. We went kind of all in on new packaging technology. I love it. You know, like in an Apple-esque type stuff where you open the box and go, oh, my gosh. So we had four wines. One's called Red Wine, and it's got a little silver – tachometer on the front a metal tack with a red needle and as you tip the bottle to the left uh actually go get one for you here uh hey no we're on. looking at it on the website now oh okay um we got a when you tip it to the left the bud the needle tips into the red line um the next one which got a lot of the good pr for us was called shift and uh, we took a vintage gated ferrari shifter from the late 60s early 70s and had a really neat company build the build the individual piece uh, it was too large for the adhesive technology we had available, so we had to go outside the box on that with 3M stuff. And then um, we put a little plastic shifter on the top of it, too, with a little five-speed, you know, all the old guys, you know, save the H pattern. Oh, my God. People loved it, and the wine got a 93 from Parker, and uh, it was it's just got – I was I was you know, a really great um, media tour in New York, and I was just about to leave. And they said, no, 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 tomorrow morning you're on Fox Business, Mornings with Maria. And I'm like, what? And sure as – the uh, wow. uh, next morning, they're up holding the shift bottle, and Maria Barta Rumbles are asking questions, and Dagan and the whole team. So it was really funny. And then we made one called the 24, and it was a, a GSM Grenache Syrah Mouvedre blend, really neat shaped bottle. But I did the, one of the last few years in the old days, I won a gold Rolex, you'd win for the overall victory. And a part of it was kind of double entendre is the struggle of the endurance race, and also the struggle of crafting this style of a blend and delicious wine. And then the final one was the Apex. And we're having a little bit of fun with some of the wine and the marketing where um, Apex for, for me is the Apex of the Corner. And it has a little metal label on it with the metal gators, you know, as you're driving the car up on the gators. But for Garrett, you know, his is the Apex, my winemaker, the Apex. So we're doing a little video right now we're trying to use where, it, you know, as soon as you hit the QR code, boom, it flashes on the screen. And I'm you're live in the cockpit with me driving down to the Apex. And the next thing, it switches around, and there's our winemaker being very stoic in the winery, saying, and this is the apex of technology with all of the new top wines we use here. So we're having a ball with it, but it just really took off for us. Yeah, well, yeah, it looks it looks awesome, man. I love I love the shifter, and I love the uh, the tachometer. Mm. That's really cool. Well, yeah, well Kevin, we're here. It's pretty cool. Uh, you... I got one okay. in Sonoma. Yeah, I love it. We next are out of time. I want to say one thing here. Out of time. Yeah, go ahead. No, the virtual tastings, I, I didn't, I, was, I went a little long. You get me hey, talking yeah. about the wine and racing, I keep going. But the virtual tastings, we're trying to reinvent ourselves and, you know, be relevant and sell some wine and, you know, a win win. People are sitting at home and, oh my gosh, again, underestimated 
a lot of the virtual tastings that some of the winers doing are one-way conversation. It's a Facebook Live or an Instagram, and there's a guy, you know, some rep talking about a Chardonnay for 45 minutes. You know, it might have been cool in the beginning, but it's more about entertainment now. You're going to give someone an hour on Zoom. You know, have fun. Ham it up. I mean, uh, Garrett and I go back and forth like Johnny Carson, Ed McMahon on these wines and talk about stories and you know, the idea behind the crafting of it. And maybe uh, we did one a couple of weeks ago where we did our tip of the hat to the Long Beach Grand Prix. So Jim McKaylee and the president came on and said a few words. Greg Gill from the SRO came on and said a few words. And then Spencer put up an in-car hot lap to show everyone on and talked everybody through it. And, oh, everybody loved it, you know. So we're finding new ways to make the virtual conferences even better, and we're real busy with it. That's a cool. great concept. Well, Kevin Buckler, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. And we'll share your, your wine website, theracersgroup.com and all those. And uh, we appreciate it. We, we appreciate you coming on. Thanks, guys. Hope to see you all back in the track soon, all right? Yeah, watch, all watch, of Kevin. us. I'll be in touch. Sure. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. All right, Thanks, we're going to go straight to a break. You're listening to Speed City. We're live in Austin, Texas. And we'll be back after these quick messages. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Austin's Talk 1370. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. I want to talk first off about uh, in the iRacing world, in the virtual world, I want to talk IndyCar iRacing because that was on Saturday and it was it was actually really, really good iRacing, good virtual racing. And I, th- I mentioned it earlier in the show, but the way I watched it was I flip on the IndyCar race and then I I, I choose Connor Daly. He had kind of a, a group chat going on, but uh, but watch it on his Twitch feed and get his take while he's driving. And I, I thought that was a really, I, I like doing it that way, but the race itself was great racing. Jonathan, I know you saw it too. What'd you think? Yeah. Yeah, you picked the right horse with uh, Connor coming from the back and finishing second. Um, it was dramatic. And, and I mean, I think uh, in a weird way, oval racing, uh, that's why I think I've been so enthralled by the NASCAR too. Oval racing is really good for sim because it's as close to the real thing and you're on board a lot of the time and you really get to see the movement um, of the cars and you get to see also when you see them on their Discord, you get to see them actually the concentration on their faces and it's pretty intense and it got intense. And um 
uh, it was great to see Lando Norris taking on the 500. And I heard Zach Brown being interviewed saying that Lando wants to go and do the 500 before his career is over. So that's pretty cool. But um, yeah, a hell of a finish. Really close. <laughs> but I think Sam, Simon Pagino what, what, was, not ha- was not happy about not going back-to-back Indy 500 wins. So he took Lando out. Yeah, I was gonna say, if we, I'm sure if uh, we could see McLaren perform like those esports cars, it'd really put on a good race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they're doing really well in uh, cyberspace. Yeah, at one point they they were one, two, three with the McLaren cars. I oh, know it's nuts, isn't it? Well, but, I mean, yeah. it takes some real skill to be able to do a race for 175 laps, laps like that with 33 cars that close. I mean, you can see there was an accident we just saw there. It was early on. Alex Palau going out, but, um, you know, that was a touch and that was all it was. Now, if that had happened in real life, it'd be a bit more, bit more dramatic, but it just shows you how realistic it is. Yeah. Well, you said it, John, the end of the, uh, the end of the race was amazing with, you know, so it was what a few hundred feet to go. Santino drove straight in to who was, it was one of the, it was, um, I was one of the, one of the McLaren cars, right. With about 300 feet to go. And yeah. so, and then McLaughlin, McLaughlin and uh, Connor Daly both went through with, I mean. McLaughlin's, yeah, t- on the inside in the red and white. And then the two uh, McLaren cars are right there with him. And then he gets uh, spun around. Sorry, not McLaughlin, excuse me. That was uh, Ray Hall. Yeah, and, but the, the point is, is that, so McLaughlin that, wins a race. Connor, yeah, and McLaughlin wins a race, but Connor Daly comes in second and and I think Santino came in third, upside down, or at least spinning. And uh, but it was it was great racing. And but but one of the other stories was you mentioned it, where Pagano, um, Pagano, and ran straight into Lando Norris, who had actually been having a great race. And he even apparently even admitted that he was not necessarily trying to run into him, but he was trying. In his words, he was trying to slow him down a little bit. And and if the producer has it ready, Here we go. I'm watch actually... this. Okay, now <laughs> yeah. watch ahead of what we're looking at right now. That's the moment there. They come together. You see yeah. Pagano move across the, the track like that, and it was a, a a little bit of a naughty move. But there you go. All yeah. plays into McLaughlin's hands. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and we got to talk to I got to talk to Scott McLaughlin when he came here to Coda for testing. I think it was like what January, something like that, back when you could go to a racetrack. But and if the producer has it ready, we've got a clip of Lando Norris's Twitch where he talks about that this exact incident. In fact, he was pretty convinced that uh that Simon Pagano uh did you say you ready or not ready, producer? Not ready. All right. Well, we're going to catch that on the, after the break then. But, but yeah, he was pretty upset with Simon Pagano because, you know, and he and his spotter, Simon Pagano's spotter, were both saying things like, you know, that this that they basically intimated that he was doing it on purpose. It was really, uh, really pretty kind of amazing that Pagano would would say that or come close to it fully admitting it. Well, I thought it was. I thought he was going to start out just in trying to apply pressure and making nervous as, as they would in a real race. And then I wonder if he just didn't get uh, overindulgent in it. <laughs> you know, because, you know, applying yeah. pressure and making them nervous is all part of the game every day at a racetrack. Yeah. And the yeah, other and- thing that's interesting, I'm learning, as you, as you say, I, I did the e Trans Am Championship today. And when we do our driver briefing, one of the things that the game people say is, be more aware. Imagine yourself in a bubble because when you're racing in real life, you have a much better sense of depth and, and perception of distance. Whereas in a game, you're really not 100% sure just how close you are. And I think that's partly why you do see some bigger wrecks and some mistakes that, that aren't, wouldn't be normal in real life. And that was, that was a good, good example of that. But um, spatial awareness is probably the hardest part, I think, of, of e-racing. Yeah, those are both really good points, guys. Because Les, like you're saying, it's part of racing to to move around the track a little bit. And uh, and Jonathan, yeah, absolutely, it's not the same as racing. And, and there's nuances that you're you know that you're not going to feel in i racing. So, all right, hey guys, yeah. let's 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 go ahead and take our our next break. We got to get this quick break in at the bottom of the hour. You listen to Speed City. We're live in Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. <laughs> Oh! 
more traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24 7 at motivationusa.com. That's motivationusa.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Magnus Walker. Greetings from downtown LA, and thanks for tuning in to Speed City. Keep Austin weird and get out and drive. Pedal to the metal. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. I got to get out this weekend, guys, a little bit out of the off the sofa. I was actually working on cars this weekend with my son. I did some change. I changed, yeah. I changed every filter in my car, oil cabin filter air filter you name it did the oil change and and on my son's little boxster we did uh did the same thing but got to get out and enjoy some some car time even if it's not at the racetrack but hey i want to thank andy p he just tweeted at us he was listening to what we're saying about indycar and he said i thought saturday was a great opportunity for indycar to be center stage the racing was great all until the last two laps or so the shenanigans at the end are unfortunately not a good look it's either serious or it's not and it was serious uh, all for but two laps. And it's really it's funny how we were kind of caught in this between this, you know, is it fun or is it real? You know, because I know that all the drivers talk about it being a lot of fun. And like Connor Daly, like I said, I was listening to his Twitch during the race and he was all having fun when he was at the back. But as he moved up the grid, he got less animated. You know, he's still a lot of fun no matter what, but he was take it, took it more and more serious as he got closer to the front. When he got in the top 10, then he was not chatting on the microphones as much. So that's a good point. Yeah, I will say this. Having done the uh, Trans Am today and having watched most of the other output, one thing I will say that the serious side of it is um, we finally got our custom liveries today. Um, So everybody was able to post uh, their car and have it designed um, with their logos on and with their sponsors on. And, you know, we're sponsored by Pirelli, uh, just as Formula One is. And, you know, we, we, we were, everybody had a custom livery. And the point is, we haven't been racing for two months. And these were all new sponsors for the 2020 season. So we are still able to show off these new sponsors that mean a lot and have and they paid a lot to be on the cars of these people. So when we do go racing, um, you know, they will get some exposure properly. But um, they are getting good exposure now, um, even on these e-games, because it's the, it's the realisticness of it. And, and like even the hoardings around the around the track are really well done. I mean, look at look at the advert for Coda that was last week from Indy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, thinking about the insight we get from watching Twitch, I think Charles Leclerc is a good example. 
today watching the virtual race in Formula One, he was he was a little more animated than he normally is, but he was because he'll um, you know you he'll talk about the racing and what's going on during the race just a little bit. And I just wonder, would we ever get something like this in real racing? I mean, I know we've had you know, obviously team radio and things like that. What do you guys think about that? I would love it. I would absolutely love it. I love you know, especially when things really got emotional in the cars. I'd love to hear what one says to another, whoever it is. I think that would add to it. Uh, you know, we we all kind of try to temper things. But we know inside that helmet they're screaming, <laughs> and so I'd like to hear that. True. What do you think, Jonathan? Yeah, I mean, I've really enjoyed seeing the driver's concentration, and also seeing, especially in Lando's case with his twitch, um, his feet. I, I was fascinated to watch the Australian Grand Prix, just basically keeping an eye on how he played with both feet with the throttle, and then he put the brake on and he you could see him feathering him working which is obviously what he does with his real world um uh, and and obviously with it without had his boots on we could see it now you're not going to get that shot in a formula one car so i i found it fascinating yeah I mean, and like you yeah like you said last you said you talk about them getting animated but also what surprised me and i knew there's lots of trash talk right but there's a pretty high level of trash talk between these guys i mean it's funny uh, listening to Connor Daly because he had he had every, all the, always in his Twitch feed. He'll have Alexander Rossi and he had a hinch last week. So all those guys and you know they kind of get into that gang mentality. Last week they were ganging up on Santino. So it's really fascinating. I really and I'm with you, Les. I would love it. And I know there's so many complex parts to that equation. Everything from sponsors to to team information and all that. But okay, I, so I would love it. Here's a business model. IndyCar, Formula One, everybody. How about you can subscribe to a channel and hear that? You know, upcharge it a little bit. I could see paying <laughs> for that right quick to hear the real talk. Well, actually, I am paying for it because I signed up on uh, on Twitch for Connor Daily. I subscribed where you pay like five bucks a month and then you can interact more. And uh, so, yeah, there's there's so many different ways to monetize it, too. And do it I in noticed, the race, though. Let's do it yeah, in the race. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I noticed that, by the way, and, and you remember we were talking about how Lando had huge numbers, people watching, streaming on his Twitch channel. Now Leclerc's kind of taken over. He's now that he's jumped in and and uh, done so well, his Twitch channel is huge now. He's getting, I don't know, 50,000 concurrent Twitch wow. viewers. And those are big numbers, guys. Those are, you know, you know how big the gaming world is. And he's moving the needle a little bit. He and are moving the needle a little bit in the in in that world. So that's a big deal. Well, hey, well, let's talk about the the first. Wait a minute, John. No, virtual. No, no, no. Mr. Spreadsheet. So five dollars a month, fifty thousand viewers. There's a quarter million dollars right there for playing on games. Yeah, yeah. But now all those weren't subscribers list. That's the difference. They're viewers but not all subscribers. In fact, I don't know how many, it was a, a fraction of that. So it's not quite that much money. So yeah, good hey, point, but. It can be, it sounds yeah. like. All right, hey, let's talk about the Formula One Virtual Grand Prix, uh, Interlagos. And of course they do it, It what was it about an hour? Cause it's about a 50% race length. So a li little less than an hour. And did you guys notice at the beginning of the race, once again, Lando Norris would could not get going. But turns out this was his own fault. He hit the spectate button instead of the race button. And so, yeah, I was like, oh, come on. But he he did get going. He missed qualifying, so he started way in the back, but he got going. And uh, but what do you guys think of, of the virtual today? I, 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 I'm going to have no friends on, on CyberSafe by saying this, but the one thing I would say that is not true of Trans Am, which is what I've been doing, but is true of Formula One is, I watched the e-racing Formula One race before I watched the Formula One race, i.e. Yeah. the gaming. Right. And I have to say, when I don't know anybody's name or anybody's backstory or anything about them, I mean, the commentators do a good job and the hosts do a good job of trying to fill you in. But if you're not in that world and you don't know the meaning of these guys, you've got to have backstory. It's always the same in sport. Without yeah. a story, it's just two people fighting. 
Um, when you know it's Ali versus Foreman, when you know it's Michael Jordan up against Scottie Pippen, or, you know, I know they play on the same team. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, but my point is, you know their backstory. And I think I, I got I got in immersed once I was watching the Formula One drivers, but not with the gamers. You know what, Jonathan? I, I did the same thing. I started watching that one and I, I was I ended up not watching that one because I, there, I didn't know all the all the gamers and all the streamers. Well, with Trans Am, yeah. we've made sure that it's only Trans Am or related to. Like, we've got a couple of ringers. We've got a couple of 17-year-olds who we're calling future Trans Am. But they're the son or the grandson of a former Trans Am star. So we've got Greg, uh, we've got Greg uh, Pickett's uh, grandson. And we've got uh, Dylan Archer as well. Uh, and so that's kind of cool. Um, but the rest are all actual bona fide uh, drivers and I you know that then you've got you know then you've got the personal stories yeah what are you gonna say less no I I'm with you on that I lost interest in exactly what you said I didn't know who that was what's their backstory do a quick you know Wikipedia search to find out who this guy is uh, some of them are, are you know well founded on their way up some are not but uh, I know that and you know I took the initiative to search for some of them to find out who they are, but I don't see that happening. Leclerc and Albon put on a great show today. Great racing. Mm -hmm. Hey, speaking of Albon, what do you guys think about this? I was thinking about this during the virtual race is that, you know, he's such a, a quiet kind of uh, unassuming guy. Right. And I know he has to be confident. He's a Formula One driver, but what about how well he's doing against the superstar of Formula One? How, He's as fast, every bit as fast as Charles Leclerc in this virtual racing, if not faster. So he won today, right? What do you think about this adding to his confidence level? Like George Russell also doing well. But what do you think about this, particularly Albon? What do you all think? Well, it's a level playing field, isn't it? And I mean, in some ways, uh, sort of personally, I mean, you know, can you imagine if you, you were at the Dutch Grand Prix today, uh, you know, George Russell will be having a rotten day because he's in a Williams and he's got no chance of being competitive. Whereas today, it's like, let me show you what I can do. <laughs> yeah. And I think well, that's I'm, true of Alban. Well, and I just mean, do you think that that will help him in once real racing starts? I mean, you know how much motor racing is so much about confidence. It's all in the I head. could say so. I could say it will probably help him. But unfortunately, he'll be back in the same car he was in before and <laughs> everybody else. Uh, yeah. It's great, but I've got three or four wheels on the ground. And so, uh, you know, I think it'll help. I'm not sure how much of that confidence is going to translate when you get the real feel of the car not being as fast and not responding uh, as you imagined it would and as you were perceiving it would strictly from a visual in the uh, e-world. And so uh, Albon, I mean, I like Albon a lot. Uh, as a person, as a racer, he's always very gracious, humble, and friendly around. Uh, but I, I just don't know if that's going to come back to the track with him, what we saw today. Yeah, I mean, he was great. When we got to hang out with him here in Austin at Coda last year, he was, uh, just like you're saying, he was friendly and all of that. But, uh, but also today, another, obviously, Albon won the race. Leclerc came in second, and George Russell, actually, Russell came in second because the three-second time penalty that Leclerc right. had. So... Um, so, yeah, but what I was noticing today was that on on Twitch, on Leclerc's account, um, Albon and Leclerc were, were really buddying up. In fact, they, they were calling each other Alexander and Charlie. And so they – and, in fact, did you see the point where when Leclerc made a mistake and pushed Alexander really wide, he said, oh, sorry, mate, and he let him go through. I mean, they must have – I don't know how many times they swapped during the race. Don't you wish we had that many passes during – a real Formula One race these days, but uh, but they were real buddy buddy, and and I did notice that that Leclerc was giving George Russell a, a bunch of respect. He was saying, "Hey, he's coming up behind us." This was early in the race. He said, "He's going to catch us," and sure enough, he did. But overall, I thought it. I, I again, I enjoyed it. It's not like real racing, but I definitely enjoyed it. And and the guys like Albon at the end said he was shaking with nervousness afterwards. He said more so than in a real race, even which I thought was pretty incredible. But, hey, guys, we need to take another break. But when we come back, Les, we're going to talk about the interview you did when you went to Zanfort 
And we've got some clips from that interview that we did last year, but we thought we'd pull that out for this year. So stick with us through the break. You're listening to Speed City. We'll be back after two minutes of messages. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Hi, this is Jay Leno from jaylenosgarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We want to talk about the... Zanfort Formula One track and Les, why don't you give us a little intro to Jan Lammers and you met him last year and and talk and about the these reason why we're track. talking about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So uh, you know, a new track on the Formula One calendar is Zanfort. Zanfort is about forty minutes uh, towards the coast from Amsterdam. It is a gorgeous track. You'll hear uh, some more details about it. Uh, it is on sand dunes. Sand dunes. Truly on sand dunes. Uh, a quarter mile from the beach uh, after I spent my day at the track and uh, walked over to the beach, sat down, had a cold one, and uh, just a great uh, historic location there. Jan Lammers, though, uh, big in the world of motorsports for that region, has been racing since his teenage years, uh, Le Mans winner, so many other genres there. And so uh, he's actually become just a great proponent, a great ambassador for Zanport Circuit. So, uh, you know, I hope you all enjoy this. It's a great education as to who he is. Yeah, so let's do this intro for him. <laughs> well, yeah, I can't think of a better ambassador for the place. This is your hometown. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, quite honestly, uh, you're a veteran of the sport, huh. not only Formula One, but especially the Le Mans, 24-hour Le Mans. Uh, yeah. Win of 88. Yeah, privileged boy, privileged boy. So, uh, 
Yeah, I grew up, grew up here uh, downtown uh, in Zandvoort. Uh, was born about uh, 200 yards from the beach, you know, in the area where usually they uh, they uh, package the fish, you know, before transport. Um, and um, yeah, when I was 12, I uh, I got uh, uh, yeah introduced to uh, or yeah I got involved with the skids control school here. Uh, that school was owned by uh, Rob Slodemaker, and uh, Rob Slodemaker is uh, international racing driver of his days. And he got most famous later when he did all the stunts, all the spinning in the the movie Le Mans for Steve McQueen. So uh, that led to my first introduction tr introduction into Le Mans when I was 14. I was there for the first time, and then uh, to win it some uh, what was it 18 years later was was of course an enormous uh, total experience. But uh, yeah, so when I was 12, I started here on the skid control school, just making all my little spins. And when I was 16, I did my first race here, won the first race and the championship. And yeah, from there on, it just took off. So uh, my first international uh, score was uh, the international, uh, the European Formula 3 championship. Uh, and, uh, and then in 79, uh, I got uh, in Formula 1 with an American team, Shadow. There you go, uh, Shadow, the yeah. ominous black Shadow. The Black Shadow from Don Nichols, you know, he right. looked like the man on the Sandman bottle, you know, mm -hmm. the whiskey. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that was uh, uh, from Formula 3 to Formula 1 was, was uh, I'm not sure if it's the biggest step now than in those days. But uh, yeah, and that was in the, in the days where uh, we say here uh, that uh, sex was still safe and motor racing dangerous. Uh, you know <laughs> that quote. But that was very much the thing. So. When I started, it was the, the time where uh, people like James Hunt and Nicky Lauda and Mario Andretti were already considering retire, uh, retiring, I presume. Right. But uh, great days, great days. Yeah, and the reason we're talking about this, obviously, right now, is this would have been the race for this weekend in Formula One had we not had all the delays. But Les, the, other, the next clip you did was, was talking about getting on the calendar, right? You bet. It's a, you know, each stop on the Formula One calendar comes into the play in a different way, whether it is private funds, government funds. And also, you know, we're still dealing with the new way of business uh, transitioning from the Bernie era into Liberty Media. And so uh, Jan tells me the story of how they got here. Fantastic. Well, you've got to be excited. What did it take for you to get on the calendar with this track? Well, we've got to be very grateful to uh, our, our, uh, our prince, uh, Prince Bernard of Orange. Um, and we used to have the, the queen and the prince, uh, Queen Juliana and Prince Bernard. Uh, prince Bernard uh, is his granddad, and this is Prince Bernard Jr. Uh, he's a very, uh, very passionate uh, racing driver. Um, and uh, he's a big businessman, but in his spare time, he loves to race cars. And I raced together with him, so we became good friends. Um, and uh, yeah, Bernard just just convinced his partners uh, to to take over the racetrack. Uh, I think that was 2015, like four years ago. Uh, and um, then after he uh, sort of they obtained the track, uh, they started on a lobby uh, from his ambition to get the Dutch Grand Prix back. So uh, it seemed crazy in the beginning, and people sort of like uh, spoke about him uh, as if he was crazy to think that. But uh, it, it reminds me of, of uh, uh, some quotes that Steve Jobs has made in the past, you know, that those that are crazy enough that they think that they can change the world are often the ones that actually do. Well, this is another example, because uh, I think um, uh, Bernard just not only uh, convinced his partners and everybody else that he needed to, to, to get this on the calendar. Um, so first we had like in October last year, we had like a verbal agreement subject to, of course, another six months where we could investigate if it was feasible. Well, we got that through that period and now uh, we have a, a wonderful uh, balance between like a lot of Dutch uh, family owned uh, companies that sponsor the event. So uh, it's, it's nice. We've got a nice spreading of, of organization and financing. Uh, enough reasons to, uh, yeah, to look forward to uh, another great year. That's fascinating. I love the idea that, I mean, and Les, what was the, the biggest thing was that, that the Max for Verstappen, wasn't Max there like the day before you were there? No, we were actually there at the same time. Uh, it was uh, the Yumbo Exhibition Speed Day there. 
uh, it included uh, quite a quite an array of events going on all in one day, including the Red Bull cars there. Max got out and ran some hot laps. Uh, was fantastic to see it. I mean, the crowd erupted when he pulled out of the garage, did a couple of rev flips, and like I said, audience exploded right then. He got out, got things warmed up, and threw a couple of hot laps that just really got everybody excited. Now, the configuration of the track at that time, uh, this is right at one year ago that I was there uh, before I made it to Monaco, is a bit different than what is there right now. Since that time, they have added in a banked curve for the last curve of the track, whose uh, degree of angle is somewhere in between the Indy 500 and the, uh, I believe it's Daytona. So very serious banking, of which Formula One has not been on that level of banking before. But uh, there's a lot of things that make this track special. And so uh, he goes into explaining a bit more of that. Is there a track that you can relate it to currently on the calendar for that start? That's always the critical part, getting through that first yeah. turn. It well, appears think, to go slightly down, and then it's banked yeah. for a right turn. I think in terms of distance to the first corner, it probably has a, a resemblance with Spa, Francochamps, because they are also the start line in the first corner is very close. So that's interesting, um, and uh, but it makes for great racing. Uh, we're going to make a few changes. Uh, we've got a few changes already planned, but I think uh, they will be uh, uh, maybe even corrected a little bit more to make sure that we do the maximum to enhance overtaking, of course. Uh, what are, what's an example of a couple of those? Um, well, uh, first of all, the things that are changed, just in a nutshell, that's the start-finish line, as you, as you said, in an uh, with the objective that uh, the people on the main grandstand can see the whole field. So that's one. Then uh, turn number two, called uh, the Gerlach Bocht. Uh, turn number two will be wider on the exit, but that's purely for the safety, so a wider runoff. Then turn number three or four, the left-hand hairpin before you go up the hill, the Hugenonsbocht. Um, that will be wider on the inside, so the actual track will be wider. And uh, that will promote a bigger flow, so we go faster up the hill. Uh, and then uh, it's the Audi S chicane, or the Hans Ernst Bocht, as they call it. Um, that will also be wider to make sure that we have a better flow. Then the corner onto the straight will be banked, uh, I think, like 17 degrees, uh, to make sure that with the DRS open, you can still take it flat. Uh, and that is to help uh, the cars being able, if the DRS is open there, they might be able to overtake. Uh, but uh, I spoke to the, the father of uh, Max Verstappen this morning, uh, Jos. He had a, a few small uh, uh, changes, uh, or he had a few ideas that would require small additions to that. Uh, that would also help uh, the overtaking. And, and uh, I take his advice uh, very seriously because he, he knows about the business more than uh, pretty much everybody. You know, I, I think the racing is going to be excellent. Those changes sound like exactly what's mm. needed. Uh, what's something else? What's going to make people just want to come to this race in 2020? Well, first of all, uh, you know, you jump in the train and within half an hour you are in the center of Amsterdam. And I consider Amsterdam the Las Vegas from, from Europe. You know, so whatever happens in Amsterdam <laughs> stays in Amsterdam. So uh, that's, that's pretty, uh, you know, particularly for American and Canadian people. Uh, uh, to be in Amsterdam is, is like like stunning if you've never been to Europe. Oh, it is. It and, is. and you go into Amsterdam, you, you, you can't believe what's happening there. Uh, we're a very open, a very free, uh, free country, of course. Uh, and I think you sense that when you are in Amsterdam. Uh, Friendly, too. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, I like Dutch people. You know, it's it's not not you know uh, I'm not talking about myself. I can only hope that that's the case. <laughs> but in general, if I see people uh, respond to things, and in general, uh, how they are perceived, uh, yeah, I think that that we believe in friendliness, and and uh, you'd like to uh, to to uh, communicate with people in a way that you like them to respond to you more or less. So um, no, it's it's a nice uh, no nonsense. Uh, kind of people. Amsterdam is great when you get here to Zandvoort. It's pretty unique also because there's like uh, two miles along the coast where there is some, some uh, I think every 100 or 200 yards you have a different pavilion, you know, like one of those beach uh, pavilions and, you know, if you want to go in terms of theme of the, of the little restaurants, uh, what they are. Um, 
you can go down under you can go to Ibiza you can go to Jamaica there's all different styles uh, very international of, of it's very international some of them don't even have a Dutch menu just English uh, so it's it's uh, yeah it's it's lovely it's very trendy and and uh, Zandvoort has uh, sort of uh, yeah moved up a little bit in terms of uh, uh, yeah I'm not sure if it's glamour but in terms of trend it's a very trendy town I don't know about you guys but hearing those race cars in the background that uh, makes me a uh, virtual spot but yeah all right but guys well, we the are prospect at... of that race that would have been that, that's I know, be I, know. That I know all right well Gotta we are out there. of time everybody thanks thanks for Kevin Buckler for coming on hey everybody check us out on uh, I was just looking at all the shows we've done recently we've had all these amazing people Brian Redmond and and, and we've had Connor Daly and, and the head of F1Z Steiner. Steiner. Go check out all our shows and tell your friends if you like it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in tonight. We'll talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. Happy trails. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.